All right, all right, all right. Good afternoon, my normies and non-normies. I apologize for my technical difficulties. I had another room, but um, I don't know what happened to my mic. My mic decided not to work. I had to steal my headphones back from my daughter so I could actually use that because the bar was not... I thought I was talking, but the bar wasn't showing me that anything was actually um being heard on the other end so i couldn't let that continue because i mean it was just gonna be a whole bunch of dead air and my message wasn't gonna get across so that definitely wasn't gonna work out and our logo and i was already um taking a long time to already get my you know energy and aura and mind frame on doing this live because I'm trying to get accustomed to do a live one live a week and one pre-recorded a week because I'm more comfortable with the pre-recorded than I am with the live I'm not sure why I don't know why it makes a difference for me but it does I can go and record anything and put it up and it's not like i edit because i don't edit so i i just don't understand why my brain has difficulty with live it has a very hard time with live i don't know it's because i know that on the other end of that screen people are real time listening real time paying attention real time watching i don't know i think that's probably what it is but i'm way better at recording (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I am at going live so I had to get my YouTube up to record because I haven't put up any content um, anything up I haven't been feeling good like I was stating um, for YouTube like that fall that I did a couple of weeks back was a little bit more than I actually thought it was and <sighs> the pain is unbearable I've already switched positions like probably six times in the last 27 minutes I've been recording with them it's I just can't find a comfortable position that I can stay in and bear you know that position I literally just switched to this position and I'm already rocking back and forth because I can't take it Ah, I can't take it which in a way I'm kind of happy I have the headphones because if I would have had the microphone it would have been a little more difficult for me to actually move but all right so the topic so i put up here parenting and mental illness and everything underneath me sink i woke up yesterday with man that's what i want my topic to be why because whenever i talk about parenting and whenever i talk about mental illness it is really really difficult to just pinpoint like one scenario or one topic or just to stay on one simple thing because it can carry you from this to that or this and that can be related to each other because it can cause a trigger so I woke up and I was like maybe I won't feel so bad or feel like my brain is going left and right and up and down if I just put everything underneath the sink yeah Sorry, y'all, YouTube, I forgot y'all was watching. My bad. If I put everything underneath the sink, like, I wouldn't feel like I'm taking my viewers from Africa to Australia to Alaska to Puerto Rico to then Jamaica to the Dominican Republic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I won't feel like I'm just taking y'all everywhere and then bringing y'all to places where you're sitting here like, so what do they have anything to do with each other? <laughs> like, it would, it would make more sense to you guys. Because um, what makes it difficult for me is my brain sees the connection in things. And because it sees the connection in it, it'll be like, ha, huh, okay, you just told this story. You just talked about this scenario and this situation. So let me pull this one out the memory bank over here because this is related to it. And I may see the relation to it, but you don't. You know what I'm saying? And I may I may have just thrown you off for a second in a loop. And you're sitting here like, wait, hold on. You can't just take me to Jamaica when you just have me freezing in Alaska. Like, how you just going to fly me from Alaska to Jamaica? I ain't ready yet. I'm still freezing. Like, you about to give me some pneumonia. Like, what are you doing? I don't even have the 
you know what I'm saying? That type of scenario. So I'm not trying to do that. I want to make sure that when I am on here live or even pre-recording, because see with the pre-recording, I can breathe for a second, I can pause for a minute, like the recording if need be and be like thinking that what was you saying but i really don't pause it i still have those moments on you know what i'm saying because i want you guys to see that i want you guys to see the moments as well because some of it is neurological it does come from whatever i have going on right now um and i know the mental health uh can play a part in it as well because my ADHD mixed in with everything a race a thousand miles quicker than what my mouth is moving. So I'll think I have said something already and then I'll go to tell it and I'll be like, wait, didn't you just skip this? And then my head I'll be like, Wow, nice going, Lynette. You just jumped this step and went there. But if you tell them now, it's gonna be confusing. So like you gotta omit this or like try to fit it in somehow. And my brain will then start confusing me, which in the middle of talking, I'll start to forget what I was saying because I'm internally trying to fix my error. The beautiful, the beautifulness of the mind, I guess you could say. I was going to say something that was not going to make sense and I caught myself. It is hard to be me. With this brain thing, man... It's bad enough that I always had a... Why am I going to have speech issues right now? It is hard that I always had to stop and think as slow as possible because my brain was always racing with my ADHD. But you add on now this neurological thing. Oh, my God. And it just, like... It is so frustrating and annoying, especially when I'm parenting it is very frustrating and annoying because it'll cause a trigger sometimes and then here goes the whole downhill I'll start stuttering then it gets more frustrating because obviously I can't get agitated if I get agitated I'll be I'll lose the ability to use certain parts of my body for a while and sometimes it takes longer than it did the last time for me to get it back and Sometimes uh, it causes pain while it's coming back. And it's something that I try to avoid. But with the neurological thing, man, listen, I ain't got no control over that. Sorry, I had to take a sip. If I brought me a soda. Um, I need to move myself, you guys. I need to get comfortable somehow. Um... How can I do this? Okay. Stretch out the bad leg. The one that's causing the problem. Stretch out. Oh my gosh. Sorry, you guys. I gotta stretch that leg out. It is like excruciating pain. It is literally yelling at me. It is yelling at me. It is yelling at me. It is like, listen here. Listen here. If you don't get your ish together, we're going to teach you a lesson. But anyways, so listen. Now, before we can even dive deep into these type of topics that are here, like, because like I stated in my last live, parenting alone is a huge umbrella that so many topics can come out of it. Mental illness alone is a huge umbrella that so many topics can come out of it. And then you add on my everything underneath the sink. And of course, like we met anything underneath that sink. How many people do not just throw like everything that they can't find somewhere else to put underneath the thing, the sink? I mean, I know nuestro puertorriqueños are used to putting all their pots and pans in their oven when they don't have any more room in the cabinets to put their pots and pan in. So I also know that there's a couple of other people, you know, that I've known growing up that they've done this with, you know, the bottom of their sink. They'll put pots, pans, or they'll put cleaning products. Yes. No. Or they'll put whatever it is that they have underneath their sink because that they couldn't find 
any space underneath their sink. I'm working right now. We just went through this yesterday. Please don't do it to me again. No, thank you. Um, so there's some people that they just, you know, throw whatever they have that they can't find a home for underneath their sink. So that's why I said, let's just talk about everything underneath the sink. Now, just like my little one that right now wanted to try to interrupt. Yesterday we went through this. I was trying to record a live. I was already not feeling well. I was really like not feeling good. Energy wise, body wise, everything was just hurting. And I'm letting her know, okay, I'm trying to do a live because I wanted to just, I want to get over this live thing. Like, I'm trying to break myself out of feeling uncomfortable with talking live with you guys because I want to be able to have those live interactions. I want to be able to, to talk to you guys. I want you guys to be able to talk back to me in the live moments. If I have these opportunities of being able to do this, then why not take advantage of them? You know, if somebody needs to be able to chat or wants to be able to, to vent or needs advice or wants a suggestion. I mean, I have so many tips and so many things like I have so many things in my knowledge noggin, okay, that I can share, um, and I don't mind certain things, though, I do feel like it's content that I should um, use for investment, because it took me years of experience to get it, um, or hard work, you know, tears and sweat to get it, and other content I just feel like I would give for free because it's just common sense or it's just there's no need like it's just something simple something that I would just basically give anybody else that's around me so why would I not just give it to anybody else over the waves if that makes sense so if I wouldn't charge anybody that's around me for it then why would I charge people around over the waves for it um whether I know you or not it doesn't make a difference. Like, I, if I'm not going to charge somebody that I know for it, then I'm not going to charge somebody that I don't know for it. But I have a lot of knowledge in my knocking. Um, and if I can interact with people that may need that knowledge or can use that knowledge and be able to give that live interaction with it, then I need to start getting more comfortable doing these things. So this is what I'm doing. I'm breaking myself, and I'm trying, well, I'm not breaking myself, I don't even know why I said it like that, because in my head I said it completely different, but verbally it just came out a whole different way, um, don't mind me, you guys, I'm talking to myself, uh, what was the sentence, I just had it stick in my tongue, and I just totally sidetracked it myself. I'm giving myself practice. I'm, I'm bettering, I'm, uh, uh, what's that word? I'm craft, oh uh, my gosh, Lynette, verbally, you are not good today. I'm trying to perfect my skill, okay? I am, I'm, I'm amazing at talking to people when they're in need, even though I'm not a people person, but when I see someone in need, that nurture in me comes out. It comes out, and I just get to work. So I need to perfect my craft. Bam! The sentence finally came out. Thank you, Noggin. Thank you now for allowing it to come out. I need to perfect my craft. I need to be better at it. In order to do that, I need to do more lives. I need to be more comfortable. How are you guys going to know what I'm about if I'm always just pre-recording? You got to get to know my personality as well. And that will also come out more in lives. Like, I am the crazy non-together, yet-together, goofy person that I am, you know, on the pre-records, that is me, but I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, I'm a little nervous right now because I know that there could be people listening to me on the other side, and I don't know it. So, it's kind of like, hmm, are they getting anything out of this? Are they being entertained? Like, Lynette, what the heck are you 
doing, just hit the end button, just call it quits, just leave. But guess what? We're not doing it. We're staying. We're staying. We're staying, staying, staying. Sorry, that's just my rant. But, um, anyways, that's my issue. Not Jaws. I just wanted to share it with you guys, though, so that you guys can understand. Um, if my recordings seem different from my lives, that is why. So I wanted to break it down to you guys. It's not that I'm a different person. It's not that like I I write down what I'm gonna say and I read it into the recordings or anything like that. It's just that realistically speaking, like I'm a little shaky right now because that's how nervous I am. It's I get nervous when I have to express my feelings to people. I think that's what it is. Oh my god. Thank you, you guys. Y'all helped me out. You guys helped me figure this out. I mean, I helped myself, but you guys helped me figure this out. I think that's what it is. That's why I get nervous when I do the lives. Anytime I have to express my feelings to anybody, anytime I'm speaking for myself, advocating for myself, or I tend to get nervous because... Unfortunately, due to my upbringing, I wasn't allowed to advocate for myself. I wasn't allowed to have a voice. I wasn't allowed to speak for myself. I wasn't allowed to express my feelings or my emotions. So whenever I would attempt to do so, they were always shut down and they weren't taken into consideration. Like, well, can you not do that? Because it sounds too loud. They weren't taken into consideration. They were always shut down and I was always left felt, I was always, left feeling naked and it always made me feel like I was worth nothing and I think that is why now at this moment doing this live I'm so nervous because I'm actually like I said talking to listeners that are listening at the moment it's not something that I pre-recorded posted and went and minded my business and oh well somebody listened listened and oh well somebody didn't listen they didn't listen but this is something that I'm doing at the moment where anybody can tune in and listen. So I'm being raw, me, myself, and real at real time in real time. And that's what makes me nervous. Is it gonna be receptive? Is it gonna be understood? Like, am I gonna get my point across? Am I gonna seem a lot more crazier? I mean, I am a little cuckoo for cocoa, but don't get me wrong, y'all. I embrace it. I enjoy it. I love it. Because I'm okay with living in my skin. I take it as a joke. I don't I don't look at it as anything serious. Somebody can turn around and call me crazy, and I'm alive. And I'm going to say, you got that right. I am crazy. I own it. I embrace it. And I make it look good. If I'm going to wear it, I'm going to wear it. And I'm going to rock it. And I'm going to make it look good. I'm going to own it. I'm going to tweak it. I'm going to make it. You know what? I'm going to be like a seamstress. Okay? I'm going to be like a seamstress. I'm going to make it into an outfit that's going to fit me. Not me fit it. Now, let, let me say that again. Let me say that again. Okay? Because I need somebody to understand this. I don't know, but God is telling me that I need to say this. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I'm going to say this again. I'm going to rock it like an outfit, okay? I'm going to be like that seamstress, all right? And I'm going to rock it like an outfit. You hear me? I'm going to rock it like an outfit, and I'm going to make it fit me, okay? I'm not going to fit it. I don't care what Webster Dictionary defines crazy to be. I don't care what the next psychiatrist defines crazy to be. I don't care what the person sitting next to me defines crazy to be. A matter of fact, I don't even care what I define crazy to be. Because what I'm going to do is, I'm going to turn around, I'm going to take that word, I'm going to flip it, I'm going to be that seamstress, and I'm going to put it on like outfit, because again, I'm living in my truth. I'm living in my truth, and I'm accepting my skin, and I'm accepting everything that comes with that skin, my past, my future, my present, I don't care what it pertains to, I'm accepting everything, okay, in order for me to move to my future, in order for me to be the best me I can be, you feel me, in order for me to fall forward and not backwards, 
I'm living in my skin. I'm living in my truth. I'm embracing who I am. I'm no longer going to be like, I have to be this perfect person. I have to live in this image that the world says I have to live in. Being crazy is not okay. Well, guess what, boo-boo? Being crazy is fun. Being crazy is cool. Being crazy is whatever I make it to be. Guess why? Because I'm the one living it. I'm living it. I'm going to define what crazy is underneath underneath my skin underneath my skin underneath my skin you want to know why because a man a human being whether it was a man or a woman I really don't know so I can't say a man but a human being was the person that gave the definition of crazy a human being was the one that said this is what crazy is this is what crazy does Okay, so who is to say that your definition of crazy is not what crazy is? Who is to say that how you live is not what crazy is supposed to be? You're going to take what another human being said that probably did not even have anything to do with a crazy. Never in their life lived with a crazy. Did not know what a crazy actually went through. Was just another human being that learned from another human being that learned from another human being that learned from another human being. And don't get me wrong, I don't have nothing wrong with doctors. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. So don't get it twisted because I go to the psychiatrist. I go to therapy. I do all of that, but I don't rely on them. Why? Because the best person to know what's going on with you is you. The best doctor that you can have is you. So that best doctor that could be on your team with your doctors is you. And that primary doctor that can catch everything that's going on, that can actually let your doctors know, hey, this is working, this is not working, I don't agree with that treatment, yes, I agree with that treatment, no, you can or can't do this, it's you. Not no other man that learned from another 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 man. No. You're the person. And mind you, now that I brought that up, right, sorry, I gotta move again. Ah, this leg. Ah. Now that I brought that up, it's not like, you know, we normies and non-normies get to really go and become psychiatrists and things like that. But if we did, we would have the ability to really understand each other so much more. We would have the ability to have that empath that we need to really get us to the next level. Why? Because we lived, we walked, we may not have walked the same exact shoes but we've walked a half a mile in your shoes. We've walked a quarter in your shoes. We've walked a third in your shoes. Something that maybe that previous doctor never walked. That previous doctor doesn't even know what the path looks like. Doesn't even know what the path entails. But I do. Another one like me does. So that's why we need to lean on each other. Look to each other for comfort and support. Look to each other to get that, I got you. I understand you. You don't even need to explain it. You don't even need to go into details. Why? Because I walked a third in your shoes, a half in your shoes. You know what I'm saying? I may have not walked that full mile. Hey, I may have walked 10 miles past you. And I've been already in the shoes that you were in. And I can get you past that because I've been there. I can probably even stop you from going where I can see you maybe ending up at and guide you towards the opposite direction. Why? Because I am in your shoes. Because I've walked your path. Because I still am in that path. Because I live my truth. I know who I am. And I know who I'm not. And I don't let a word, a diagnosis, a person define me. I define it. I become that seamstress. And I make a damn well fine ass outfit out of it. And I will rock the heck out of it. I will rock the heck out of it. And I don't care what anybody got to say. I don't care what nobody got to say. Why? 
Because how does it benefit me worrying about what the next person got to say? For all I know, they fighting their own demons. For all I know, they coming for me because they fighting the same demons I'm fighting. And they just picking on me because they're afraid that their demons are showing. And they're afraid that I'm realizing that they got the same demons that I do. I don't know. But all I know is it don't matter. All I know is it don't matter because I'm going to keep on pushing. I got this. I'm rocking my outfits. Hey, it's PTSD. I'm rocking it today. I'm rocking it today. I ain't going to let it beat me. I'm rocking it. It ain't rocking me. I'm rocking it. Okay? It's a depression day. Cool, baby. Let me switch outfits. Okay? Let me go rock this. Let me go rock this. Which heels look good with this one? You feel me? Which, which, which accessories? Okay? It don't matter that you got it, boo. It's what you do with it is what matters. Okay? And I'm telling you from a person that... I'm telling you, this is coming from a person who, on her computer, already has a game plan, okay? Take my word when I tell you, on my computer, I already had a game plan, have a game plan, it's on there, okay? It was already written, I have a letter written to each one of my child, each one of my children, and this was done a year and a half ago, okay? This was done a year and a half ago, this was done about the same time I started this platform, this platform is what has allowed me to continue to see better days from the podcast to the YouTube to IG to everything else. And it's funny because everybody reports my stuff for suicide prevention, not understanding my words. If they were to actually stop and listen to what I'm speaking, they would know that I created these platforms because they have saved me. They have actually saved me knowing that I'm helping somebody else out there. When I received one email letting me know that my content has helped them get past through hard times, seeing my situation, knowing that my situation, you know, was worse than theirs, they can get through theirs and I'm getting through mine and my situation is worse than theirs and I'm pushing through it and they can push through theirs, that helped me know that, you know what, if it's only one person I reach, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I reached somebody. You feel me? I reached it. I reached one person. I helped one person get past their storm. I made my goal, but I'm still alive, so I'm continuing my goal. And I, I have another goal. I need to get my family out this rat-infested motel, okay? And I need to get them into our own home with no rodents, no insects. And from God, from my mouth to God ears on our own property in a home being ours. I have goals. Okay. I lose sight every other day because living in the situation that we live in is hard when you're manifesting to live in the future, in the now. If that makes sense. It's hard to hold on to that. But I have goals. I created this platform because I knew, you know what? So what if Tom, Dick, and Harry knows that I have mental illness? So what? Who cares? Do they pay my bills? No. Do they feed my kids? No. Are they here right now helping my poor high-functioning autistic daughter keep me alive? Because... Back then, I was really bad. And I'm not just talking about the suicidal piece. I'm talking about the iron was bad. I was getting transfusions. Like, it was, I was bad. I was, I was really bad. You know what I'm saying? I was looking like a ghost. It was bad. And I was still working a full-time job and trying to survive COVID and everything else. It was, it was looking like I wasn't going to make it through. I even had somebody tell me that they had a dream that I passed away. You know, they just wasn't sure if it was from suicide or if it was from, you know, me being sick. And, man, listen, I, my drive wasn't one of the best ones. I was not going to tell you. It was getting hard and hard. It was getting harder and harder. Harder and harder. And that's when I was like, you know what? 
I started looking on YouTube and I couldn't find nothing for parenting with mental illness and parenting parents who had mental illness and had kids with autism. I couldn't find anything that was in my shoes. That's why I said, you know what? Let me become my shoes. Okay. Let me become what I'm looking for then. Let me hold myself accountable and let me become what I'm looking for. If I can't find help and what I am looking for, then I'm going to become that help. Maybe that's what God put me here on this earth for. I mean, maybe that's why I live the life that I live so I can tell my story and let others know. If I survived, then you can too. I mean, I was born in shit, literally in shit grew up in a weird childhood half shit half not shit but I'm here I'm still going through things and I'm here I'm half losing my legs half not but I'm still here I'm still seeing the brighter days the better days I am still manifesting a better future I have no desire to give anything up no matter how suicidal or homicidal I am because it's all for my kids you know what I'm saying I need to give them a better future God blessed me with three beautiful angels and I intend to give them everything that I can I'm not going to let the mental illness stop me from doing that and that's why I'm telling you on the other side of this screen that in order for you not to parent under any triggers or not to let the to own this parent or anything underneath that sink parent then you need to be okay with living within your skin until you are not okay with living within your skin and living your truth everything else is always going to intervene when you are parenting no matter what that is everything else will intervene you have to be okay first you have to know that it is okay. It does not undermine who you are. It doesn't change your value. It doesn't make you less valuable. It doesn't make you broken damage. It doesn't make you broken goods. It doesn't mean that if your price tag said you were worth 5000 now you're worth a penny. That does not mean that anybody has any right to say you're no longer a valuable human. No. It just means that you have to find that circle that knows how to love you how you are. That embraces you for who you are. That knows you for who you are. That understands you for who you are. That can help you grow. You just have to know how to pick them now. You have to know what's meant for you and what's not meant for you. You have to know how to let go things that are not meant for you. You have to know how to say, hey, this ain't for me. And it's all right. Because not everything's meant for everybody. It's time for me to move on. I need to grow. Hands down. Hands down. It's that simple. But you have to love yourself enough. You have to be able to live in your truth. You have to be able to understand you enough. And that takes time. And that takes time. And you have to have patience with yourself. You have to understand yourself for real, for real. Like, I've been doing the mood tracker every day. And I've been able to see. And see, my mood tracker only has it for once a day. But I think I'm going to create my own version of a mood tracker. And I want to actually create my mood tracker at least three times in the day. Because my mood changes more since my bipolar. And because of my PTSD and my anxiety, um, and due to these rats, um, my mood does change. So I feel like personally in my shoes and in my situation, I would track my mood three times a day instead of once. Excuse me. Sorry. Because sometimes I'll wake up one way and then in the middle of the day, I've noticed lately recently that my mood will switch up. And then I've noticed due to my anxiety of these rats, as soon as it starts getting dark, my mood switches up again but see you know why i noticed this because i have learned to be okay with myself and to live in my truth and to realize that hey i can't be super mom anymore and i don't have it all figured out okay and it's okay to admit that i don't have it all figured out at one point i thought that in order to be the opposite of my mom, 
of my egg donor. I used because she didn't put me first. It was always her. I had to put my kids first for everything, and I always had to be last. And I made the mistake of never putting myself first and never taking my needs, my wants, and anything into consideration. So now that I'm going through all of this, I feel even more neglected than I. Did. I feel even more alone. Uh, more unloved, and I feel like if I would have taken the time to care about myself, like I did, caring about sorry about my kids, um, at the same time that I wouldn't feel as much now, uh, like I did, like I do. So that was my mistake, and if anybody can learn from that. Um, that'd be awesome. I understand you want to be the opposite of your parent. That's what I wanted to be. My egg donor was, it was always about her. I mean, she always had her hair, her nails done, nice clothes. Um, she never went out unless she was nicely dressed. Like, it was just always about her. Like, if she would go somewhere, if we would go somewhere, we weren't going somewhere that was like, honestly, kid friendly. We were just going to her friend's house, whether there were kids there or not to play with. I was just supposed to watch TV in somebody's room, bored with nothing to do. The TV was supposed to keep me occupied. Like, it was never no kid functions we went to. Like, I never went to other kids' birthday parties. I never went to the park. She never did anything kid-related. Everything was always adult-related, and I was the kid that tagged along. Um, so when it came to me and my kids, I wanted to be the complete opposite of her. I wanted to be the complete opposite of her. So I, I don't know, I just blanked out and forgot all about me. And I guess my mind and everything else just can't, couldn't take much more. And I started having my little breakdowns and I still have them now, but I've to realize a lot of my meltdowns now are kind of like what about me you know what I'm saying but when is it going to be my time but why are my feelings not relevant why are my emotions not relevant when is it when is it going to be my time you know when is it my time to shine my my opportunity my chance and I feel like that probably wouldn't have happened if I would have taken the time to take care of me back then. So that's why I'm saying now, if you're a parent that always put your child first, please don't forget it is also important that you take care of yourself. I made that mistake 42 years later. I'm learning my body is really not happy with me right now. Like, it was really not happy with me right now at all in no shape or form. My mind is definitely not happy with me. I could have avoided so many scenarios if I would have also taken care of me when I was taking care of the kids. Hold on, take a sip. And what I mean by that is... And what I mean by that is... Sometimes mental health patients tend to make impulsive decisions and impulsive moves. They don't stop and they don't think. Just like when you have bipolar disorder, uh, ADHD, and things like that, you tend to be impulsive buyers, impulsive thinkers, impulsive movers. Um, you don't stop and plan things out all the way. Just something seems like a good idea and you just jump on it and you go. And if it works, it works. And if it didn't, it didn't. But you don't really think all the way about the outcome. And I know for a fact certain decisions in my life that I made in the past, I probably wouldn't have made them if I would have taken the time to see a therapist back then, actually see them, not just like do what I did, which was see them, then get tired, not like really not talk, you know, per se, just manipulate the conversation and then just go about stop seeing them because I just didn't like them and not see a therapist for a while 
not see a psychiatrist because I never saw a psychiatrist. I didn't get on medication until when I was pregnant with um, Stink. But that was three and a half years ago, or four years ago. That's when I started taking medication was four years ago. Excuse me. Um, but I made a lot of, I guess I would say now, sitting back and thinking about it, a lot of impulsive decision making that I probably would not make uh, if I would be in the mind frame that I'm in now, I guess you can say. Um, I probably would have tweaked a couple of decisions. It would have helped if I would have had a different type of mother. Uh, some of those mistakes did have to do with her. If I would have had a different type of relationship with you know, the egg donor, or if I would have had a different type of egg donor, uh, maybe I wouldn't have made certain decisions. I would have communicated more. Um, I would have had a better support system within her. Um, the outcomes probably could have been better. But I just feel like we have to be cautious of not taking care of ourselves when we have mental illness. Be excuse me, the decisions that we can make can affect our entire life in so many different ways, good or bad. So it's like really imperative that you take care of yourself as well. I understand that taking care of the kids is important, but taking care of you is extremely important. Why do you think whenever in an airplane, when they're showing you, you know, the safety shoots and how to do everything if anything happens on the plane they tell you to put on your mask first before you put on your child's because if anything happens to you then who's going to take care of the child you have to be well off you have to be okay you have to be in a good place to be able to take care of your child because if you're not then who's going to take care of your child and another part about parenting um, and another part about mental illness as well both together that most parents don't stop and think about also is knock on wood let me find some wood somewhere well oh here we go the clipboard um most parents that have mental illness don't stop and think about what's gonna happen with their kids if anything happens to them this is something that is imperative that you also have an action plan for because you know, God forbid something does happen, who's going to have your child? Who's going to be responsible for them? And if your child has needs, it's imperative that, that is, there's an action plan set aside. You have to start saving money. This is going to be a child that's going to need care. Um, beyond You know, beyond you. It's going to need care beyond you. Who's going to be responsible for that care? How are they going to be taken care of financially? You know, most parents, we don't think about that. We worry about it while we're, you know, we're here. Like, but what about when we're gone? Are they going to become a burden of the state? Are they going to become a burden of somebody else? This is, these are things that I've never heard other people mention, even people who don't have anything going on. Like, most parents don't want to think about that. But realistically speaking, when it comes to our situations, we should think about that because you never know that's something else that i wanted to bring up um especially since i brought up the reason why i started the platform i just thought they went good you know well together because i did leave like i said i had on my it's on my computer there's a whole plan on there and then part of that plan you know was a plan of what was going to happen with my kids but i also have a plan for a live version that makes sense so I didn't even though I was not in a good space mentally and I had this game plan on the computer for you know the other the other outcome I also still have and had because it was then and now I still have and had a game plan for this outcome so I told myself I'm fighting but just for in case just for in case I lose the fight, I have everything situated. But I plan to, you know what I'm saying? I'm coming to guns blazing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. My daughter, 
Ask me, mommy, don't give up. That was hard to swallow. Especially when I've been the one asking her for since she was six not to give up. Because she's the one that's suicidal. Also, she's my oldest. And she clearly asked me, Mom, don't give up. I don't know what I would do without you. So, I told her, honestly speaking, I don't know. I can't promise you anything. Because I don't ever, I've always told my kids that I don't ever want to promise them something that I cannot deliver. Like, I am never going to promise my kids something and then know that I'm not going to get it to them or know that I'm not not going to set my kids up for failure ever. Like, I cannot be that person that broke their heart because they didn't keep their word. I don't lie to them. That was done to me. Like, I can't do that. I know the damage that that causes. If you're... Please, just don't. Okay, let's just leave it at that. I know the damage causes. So, like, don't lie to your kids. Just try to be as honest as possible. And if you're not going to come through with something, then don't promise it. Because that's where the mistrust and the trust issues come from. I have no trust in nobody. 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 I trust no one. I trust no one. The closest things to that I trust are my kids, and I don't trust them fully. That's how badly damaged I am. Because I was always promised so many things and nothing ever happened. From the woman that gave birth to me to the people after her, like, I was always told I can count on this, I can count on that, I promise this, I promise that, and look where we are now also. Like, still to this day, there's a lot of promises and nothing has happened, nothing has occurred. We're still in a situation that we're in. I'm trying to do the best that I can with what I have. And unfortunately, all I have are my platforms. That is it. The only people that I can ask for help are my platforms. And I don't want to ask my platforms for help. I tried that already in the beginning and it didn't work out. So I'm not going to... I have, again, trust issues. I already tried once and... It was ignored, so why would I put myself out there again? But I don't have the ability to trust like I should. Like, I can be a trust per- trusting person for other people, but I don't have anyone that I can say I trust fully. I don't have anyone because everyone has failed me. I've had people say, don't worry, I got your back. I'm going to... I'll be there right there and then they never show up or don't worry I got you and it never comes and in my situation I'm direly counting on it like direly counting on it and then it doesn't show up that just leaves me like what the hell what do I do now so I just yeah don't do that to your kids people let's not do the trust issues like let's not lie but man listen I trust no one yo trust is imperative it is very imperative you must also trust yourself as a parent as well I started trusting myself as a parent not too long ago I didn't trust myself as a parent because I was too afraid that I was damaging my kids and I was too afraid that I was harming my kids and I was too afraid that I was like the worst mother in the world and I was too afraid that why, 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 like how could I be entrusted with two special kids? Like, don't get me wrong, all three of my kids are special but I met with two kids that have autism and mental health at the same time like why would it would why like at first I was like what about me made me special to have that like I am just a person who's broken who was brought into a broken 
home, broken household. Like, I've been through heck and back. Like, why would I be blessed? Like, why? And then it took me a long time to just start trusting myself. Start trusting myself. And I've gotten to a place where I trust myself parenting now. Like, I listen to myself internally when I tell myself, shut up now. And I shut up. Because sometimes I, I'll, I'm triggered and I don't catch it before I start talking to my kids. Or I won't be triggered when I'm talking to them. But something in the, in the process of parenting will trigger me. And the moment that I catch it and my inner self tells myself, shut the hell up now. I will. I will stay quiet and I know that I somehow am triggered or something happened where my inner, my conscious, subconscious took over and I'll basically just end the conversation, replay everything in my mind and I'll sit down and have a conversation with my kids. I talk to them about my conditions. We talk about my diagnosis. We talk about everything. I don't sugarcoat anything in order for them to understand what goes on at home to understand everything I am open and honest with them I don't hide anything I don't want my kids to ever feel like they are the problem because they're not fully the problem we all play a part in it 25, 25, 25 and 25 like we all play a part in it Actually, the math wasn't right because we need to add one more in there. But yeah, so we all play a part. And by me having these conversations with them, I let them know: Hey, it wasn't all you. I got triggered. This is what ended up happening. I apologize for this, but I still stand strong on this, and I'm upset about this. And then we talk it out. If it still needs to be talked out, if it still doesn't need to be talked out consequences are dished and we go about our business and if whatever they need to say gets said if i if if they were hurt or anything that gets discussed as well because i don't want them to feel like put that back right now lyrical angel tucson i told you not to talk to your dad stuff put it back yeah put it back that's daddy's please put it back um so i don't know if Like, I don't want them to feel like their feelings don't matter. Like, it's just all about my feelings and what I got to say and that's it. No, we discuss both sides. Because it's imperative that they know that their feelings do matter. And it was not okay, even though I did get parent during a triggered episode and I didn't know what was going on and it's still not okay. Um, And I'm taking ownership of it. And even though I'm the parent, it's still not okay for me to treat my child like trash. That doesn't give me a right to treat my child like trash. And that's another thing that most parents don't understand. Like, you don't treat your kids like trash because you gave birth to them. Like, excuse me? So you just gave birth to the kids, you didn't like trash? Then why give birth? Then why have kids? Like, did you give birth to them to be your mini-maids? Because if that was the case, why don't you just work hard and go get a good paying job and get yourself made? And then you didn't have to feed them clothe them and pay the roof over their heads you would have saved a lot more money I'm just stating I'm just saying I'm just stating facts that's, that's all just stating facts but um yeah just yeah Whew, I feel like I've been doing a whole bunch of talking oh but please pick it up I feel like I've been doing a whole bunch of talking non-stop and I'm so thirsty Another piece is, you can probably catch a trigger when you're parenting if you try to parent without yelling. That's another one I've been doing. I've been really talking normal when parenting because I used to be a yeller since I grew up with a yeller. And when I start catching myself, my voice getting louder and louder, I start to catch myself up. Oh, nope. Mm-mm. You're getting triggered, Lynette. Bring it down. Bring it 
down, bring it down. Oh. Start saying my affirmations in my head. Start letting myself know you cool, you copacetic. You all right, you cool, you copacetic. You all right, bring it back down, bring it back down. Bring it in, bring it in. And if I'm able to bring myself in, then I keep going. If I'm not, then I just stop. And I tell the kid, just whoever it is, just go in the other room, just give me a few minutes. Since, you know, we are in the motel, so only two separate rooms are going to the room, give me a few minutes. But sometimes a three-year-old can listen. She keeps trying to protest it. But going to the other room, just give me a few minutes, and then, I, you know, I'll take a few minutes to bring, you know, bring myself back. I'll replay what I've already said, and then I'll figure out a different game plan, a different approach so that I don't get triggered. And then I'll try to finish my parenting. If I feel like no matter what I do, I'm going to continue to get triggered, then I try to find a different, like, whole entire method. If I feel like what I've already said has already clearly stated what I needed to state, then I leave it at that. I just dish out the consequences and we're good to go. Because I didn't say, excuse me, I didn't say anything that was damaging or you know, harming, I didn't have anything to apologize for, like, I, got, I caught it before it became anything. I've been working a lot on that, but in order to do that, I learned that I have to parent while talking at a regular tone, especially when you have autistic kids. They don't like the loudness, they don't like the anger in your tone, they don't like to hear anybody yelling or screaming, so... I started to realize you cannot be that woman. You said you don't want to be that woman. This is one of her traits. So you have to start letting it go. I know it makes you feel comfortable. I mean, because this is what you were accustomed to, but this is something that does not work no more. And if it's going to help you realize that you're being triggered, then you need to start learning how to parent, talking regular like I'm talking right now. And it's usually what I do when I it's worked for me it's helped me once i start realizing oh wait hold on i'm getting a little agitated here oh no oh, oh, oh something's wrong and i'll literally shut up i'll be in the middle of a sentence and i'll just i'll stay quiet i don't want a parent I, I don't want my mental illness to parent i want to parent not my mental illness i want to be the one to parent i don't want my ptsd to parent my bipolar my ocd my anxiety. I don't want nobody else to parent but me. I want my my kids to know why I'm upset. I want my kids to know why they're they're in trouble. I want them to understand. And if they don't, I want to be able to communicate that where they can understand it because of their autism or their mental illness or because she's three, whatever the case may be. I don't want that to be where I'm 42 years old now, still trying to figure out half of the memories that I have. Why did I get in trouble for that? Why did I get yelled at for this one? Why did my ass get badly beat for that? Like, why would... I still don't remember... I remember a lot of this stuff, and I still don't know to this day. I be replaying it sometimes when I'm having these conversations with you guys, and I be thinking about stories and stuff. I be replaying out in my mind, like, why did I get in trouble that day? Like, I really don't even remember. Like, I got one story, and this probably be the last thing I'm going to say before I end up letting y'all go because it's going to be an hour since I've been on here and I do have some coaching class work I got to get done but no I actually have something else I have to say after this I completely forgot but I'm going to tell you this story so my cousins were coming from Hartford because we live in Connecticut so they were coming down to visit from Hartford and if I'm not mistaken this was during the summertime. So me and my cousin, we were outside. We used to live in Connecticut Ave in Stanford. Um, right on top of the hill. 119 Connecticut Avenue. So it is. We used to hang out in the parking lot. We were hanging out in the parking lot. All you hear is, Lena! Lena! Which is Lynette, come here. Y'all real loud, right? She yelling real out of the top of her lungs. I see her coming from around the corner, and my cousin is like, what the hell did you do now? I'm looking at her, and I'm like, cuz, I swear to God, I did everything she told me to do. Like, I swear to you. I knew you guys were coming, so I didn't want to have no problems. I didn't want to have no beef, so I did everything she, I did everything, so I don't know what she's spazzing for. And I don't know how my cousin doesn't remember that 
what type of mother she was because she was there for a lot of it but me and her are not that close now which is sad because we were close back then but we're not close now so she somehow gets amnesia I guess and doesn't remember a lot of stuff that I went through but whatever um I guess people pick and choose their battles and I just don't see the need to remind people of things when they lived it with me but anyways so I'm you know walking over there she starts hitting me and pulling me and screaming I don't even know what she's screaming about to be honest with you I just know I'm getting hit all the way back to the house it was so embarrassing so my cousin stayed out so she's yelling about the bathroom and screaming and get your ass upstairs and clean the bathroom she's saying all this in Spanish and she's cussing at me and I go upstairs so I'm standing in the bathroom and I'm crying because I'm frustrated I want to go in on her and believe me or not I want to beat the brakes off of her because I'm tired of her putting her hands on me because that's all she knows how to do is put her hands on me so she's I'm standing in the bathroom and I just I really want to hurt her so bad because I'm tired of her putting her hands on me that's all she knows how to do is just put her hands on me she don't know how to speak she don't know how to do nothing else she only knows how to put her hands on me and treat me like I ain't nothing so it was all over she I don't know what she did one day this was uh, the time had been like this for a while but I guess she was in a bad mood I don't know what happened in the house uh, we, again me and my cousin were outside so we had nothing to do with it and I swear that the woman is bipolar also but anyways so she wanted me to scrub the spot that the draino had eaten in the tub and wanted me to get rid of it how did you expect me to get rid of the part that the Drano ate in a ceramic tub. I can't do that. It's gonna look like that because it ate it. So how would you like me to get rid of it? Like, I cleaned the tub. The tub is clean. The whole entire bathroom is clean. I scrubbed the whole entire thing. Like, what would you like me to do? So she made me sit there and re-scrub everything all over again and was screaming and yelling and knocking me upside my head while I'm trying to do it. Because I'm not getting it out. But I can't get out what does not come out. So in the long run, my aunt come upstairs, which is really my cousin because she's older. Like, I call her my aunt. So my aunt comes upstairs, and ironically, her and my little one have the same birthday. But my aunt comes upstairs, and believe it or not, she's literally one of my favorite aunts. I just ain't never tell her that, but she is. I always love her a lot like I got immense love for her I just don't speak to her because I don't want her to have to feel like she got to pick between me and my moms I've had to do that with a lot of my family I just cut pretty much everybody off because I didn't want them to feel like they had to pick between me and my mother I wasn't fair to them because obviously she's been around longer so they've been around with her longer and it wouldn't be right for them to have to pick between her or myself so I just did them the favor and just bowed out, you know, gracefully bowed down. Um, she came upstairs and basically told her, like, enough was enough. Leave her alone. The tub is clean. She can't scrub that out. It's eaten, so cut it out. And then basically she ain't cut the shit out. They was going to go back home and they were going to leave. So she cut the shit out. But I kept getting the attitude for the rest of the weekend. I kept getting my ass licked and clicked here and there for other dumbass shit that she was pissed off about. Because now she felt embarrassed. Now she felt stupid. So I got stu- I got stuck up for her. Somebody stuck up for me. So she felt completely embarrassed. And it was my fault. It was all my fault. I caused the whole entire problem. She didn't do anything. I remember that in that story. I always tell everybody, anybody, whenever I'm talking about certain things, that's one story that I will never forget. Because that was embedded in my head. You wanted me to clean something that was not, there was nothing I was going to be able to do. And if they wouldn't have been there, she would have just kept beating me and beating me to clean something that I would have not been able to clean. Because it was a, something she did to the tub. 
And yeah, I got my ass whooped. My aunt told me to go outside and leave and not come back in for a while to let her de-escalate and calm down. And that's exactly what I did. I ran my ass out the house and went to my cousin who was still outside. And I told her everything that happened. And she was like, what? She was like, but Lynette, I was like, I know. So I don't know. But I don't know how she just, it'd be nice if anybody in my family would just remember how my childhood was for me that was there and would actually say, hey, I got you. I got you. Because I remember. But nobody seems to remember. They only remember the nice woman. Not the monster that used to get me all the time. But I am looking for serious people that can help me out. I need, I'm looking for, I think, like, two or three people. I'm not sure for how many in reality, but I am in the middle of taking my dual health and life coach certification, and I need someone that is willing to uh, let me do the coaching, pretty much, uh, be my study buddy, pretty much, so doesn't matter that you're not taking the sort the program with me. I just need someone that'll be willing to be my case study. I'm looking for a case study. Only serious inquiries. There's no requirements. Only requirement is that I need you to be serious. I need you to be serious because I need you to be able to do the things that I require you to do for the case study. Um so basically you'll be getting coached for free and I'll just be requesting a review from you when we're completed so if you're interested and you're serious please shoot me an email um to Lynette H life hold on Lynette H at life as a single parent with mental illness dot blog if you are serious only if you are serious. I really am looking for at least two or three people that can help me out. I really am interested um, in diverse people. That would be amazing. Does not have to be just people. I'm just looking for diverse people. Okay? Does not have to be, per se, a parent. It could be anyone. Um, only serious inquiries because I have to get on this like yesterday um, I need to get this done so again email me at Lynette L-I-N-E-T-T-E-H at life as a single parent mental illness dot blog so I'm going to spell it again for you Love, Igloo, Nancy, Edward, Tom, Tom, Edward, Harry, at Life as a Single Parent Mental Illness. Blog. I'm looking for some case studies. I need about two or three. If you're interested, shoot me an email and I will let you know what it consists of. It'll probably take like, I don't know, two hours a week, depending on what the assignments are. Two or three hours a week, if that um, availability at any time, if possible, because my availability is open. Uh, that's about it, and just be willing to transform your life and see if it, how it goes. All right, you guys, this is where I'm going to end the podcast. I definitely hope that you guys have an amazing day. Please make sure to, to make today count for tomorrow is not promised to anyone. Make today your best day. Make yesterday jealous. and No, make yesterday look stupid and make tomorrow jealous. Bam, boom, ba, team. Ah, let's make it amazing. <laughs> All right, enjoy the rest of that day and get back to work if you are not already. Deuces.